Music with a message on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide, KFUO, KFUO KFUO.org, AM 850 here in the St. Louis region. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. And it's time now for our moment in Scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Gary. Good to be here with you. It's great to have you here. And we read Ezra 9 through Nehemiah 10. What would you like to uh, have on the forefront for us today from that reading? We wrapped up the book of Ezra and then we got into Nehemiah. So I was going to especially comment on Nehemiah because if folks are reading along, uh, they've read through those first 10 chapters of Nehemiah this past week. But even if you didn't get a chance to read along, uh, I think uh, you'll still learn a little about Nehemiah today. Uh, So Nehemiah, that book of the Bible, takes place... Uh, If we're looking at the Old Testament chronologically, it takes place pretty late. So this is after the southern kingdom of Judah has been taken over by the Babylonians. Uh, The temple destroyed, the walls of Jerusalem destroyed, and uh, many people taken away into exile into Babylon. So now we're even decades after that. And so now the Persians have taken over, the Babylonians no longer the ones in power. And one of the people that were taken uh, into captivity, or at least he's uh, even among the descendants of those taken into captivity, uh, is Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is uh, the namesake of this book of the Bible. So what happens here is Nehemiah is serving as an official in the king's court. He's what's called a cupbearer. So the the cupbearer, among other things, was the guy who would handle the king's food, would handle the king's cup, would make sure that no one would poison the king, that there would be no foul play. So it's an important job. It's a trusted position. Um, The king's life is really literally in Nehemiah's hands. Uh, So Nehemiah is is a lay person who is an official in the king's court. So did he have to... uh... I guess, witness the food being prepared and everything from the beginning until it was served? Yeah, you know, so this is a big responsibility. So even if he didn't witness it, perhaps he tasted it, you know, and everyone watches to see if Nehemiah keels over. <laughs> now dead. that would be scary. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd want to witness it from the beginning to the end. I don't know if I'd take the chance of tasting it. <laughs> You're a smart man, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Yeah, no, so, I mean, really, it's a big job, and uh, he is putting his life on the line in some ways for the sake of the king even. Um, there was that cupbearer, you might remember back in Genesis, uh, Joseph's in prison, and there's a baker and a cupbearer uh, there with uh, who were in Pharaoh's court. And uh, the cupbearer gets restored to Pharaoh's court after Joseph interprets his dream. Anyway, that's another story. But this isn't the first time that we hear about this office, this job of a cupbearer. Um, so a little different here between uh, the book that we just read, Ezra, where Ezra was a, a scribe, a scholar, an, an expert in the, the law and the, the Old Testament. Here, Nehemiah, in contrast, is a layperson, a faithful layperson. Uh, he's not a priest. He's not clergy, right? Uh, he's a layperson who's worked in the king's court. Well, anyway, uh, so he's working there in the king's court as cupbearer, and, and Nehemiah uh, has a problem. So I'm going to read a little bit from chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 1. It says that he went into King Artaxerxes when wine was before him. I took up the wine and I gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing that you are not sick? Uh, This is nothing but sadness of the heart. 
Then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. So that's Nehemiah's request, to, to go back to Jerusalem, to rebuild the city, and especially to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So that's that's the request. Uh, make a long story short, the king grants that request. He even provides some of the materials for the rebuilding, and Nehemiah and others get to work. There in, in verse 8, it just says, simply says, the king granted what I asked for the good hand of my God was upon me. So I think that's kind of cool that the Nehemiah writing in the first person, writing as if he himself is telling the story, gives glory to God, that, that the Lord's hand is upon him, blessing this project. Uh, so then we read on in the book of Jer in Nehemiah. It talks about the project itself. It, it does face some opposition from the other people that live there in Jerusalem and the surrounding area uh, that have moved into the area. Uh, so much opposition, in fact, that we read in chapter 4, uh, verse, uh, let's see here, uh, 17 and following. It says, uh, those who carried burdens as they rebuilt the law were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other hand. <laughs> so you kind of picture these guys working. They're building the wall with one hand. They're holding their weapon with the other hand. So, I mean, they're, they're fearing for themselves because there is opposition here. And yet the Lord, again, blesses the work. Uh, so we go to chapter 6. We fast forward a little more. Uh, chapter 6, verse 15. It, it says, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month, in 52 days. So, so God really blesses this work. They finish the work of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Not only that, they do it in, in 52 days. Uh, it seems as though they work around the clock and they're able to get that job done. But again, it's because the Lord is the one who's blessing that work. So uh, that, that's, that's the basics of the book of Nehemiah. Um, I, I think there's a couple things to learn for our lives today, Gary, you know, as we think about, you know, how does this apply to us? Um, you know, one, I think, is uh, thanks be to God for for lay leaders, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a pastor, so I'm not a lay person. I'm a, a clergyman. But the work of the church would not get done if it was just a bunch of and, pastors. And that's <laughs> what I was thinking when you said that, that he was a lay person. And yes. First thing that I thought was... That shows that uh, us lay people, uh, I'm included in the lay person sure. category, uh, can work within the kingdom of God. Exactly. Thanks be to God for people like you, Gary, really, because, you know, obviously the, the pastors don't know it all. We might act like we know it all. <laughs> God forgive us sometimes. But um, but no, I thank God for faithful lay leaders here in the congregation where I serve who are good at things like finances and church treasurers who are good at things like maintaining the church properties and know the ins and outs of what that takes. Yeah. Uh, people who are good at teaching teaching children who teach vacation Bible school and Sunday school and have the patience to do that. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, people that, that, that just like to talk to others and maybe just call people and check in on them to see if they're okay. So uh, lay people are so very important. And I think Nehemiah is a beautiful example of how the Lord works through this skill old lay person to, to do some great things for the kingdom of God and for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. 
So I think that's one lesson to be learned is uh, thanks be to God for every lay person out yeah. there because God needs you. God, God has gifted you. Uh, God works through you yeah. uh, for his church. Uh, so that's one lesson. I think the other lesson is just simply that God is the one who blesses the work of our hands. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a lay person, if anything gets done in the church, if God's kingdom is built up, his reign spread, the gospel shared, all thanks and glory be to God. He is the one who gives us those skills and gifts to do that. He's the one who blesses the, the sharing of his gospel. He's the one who builds up his church ultimately. So, uh, yeah. So thanks be to God for lay people and he's, that God has gifted. And, and thanks be to God to be the one who guides and blesses the work of pastors uh, and God's people. Right. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we wrap up this segment? Yeah, I'd love to, Gary. Thanks. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we give you thanks for the example that you set before us in Nehemiah, uh, this faithful layperson that you work through uh, to do your will. Lord, work through us pastors and people to do your will today in your church, that your kingdom might be built up, that your reign might be spread, that the gospel might be shared. And Lord, in all things, uh, let us look to you for guidance always acknowledging that you are the one, Lord, from whom all blessings flow. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. What do we read next week? Well, next week we have a potpourri, Gary. We've got, we're going to finish up Nehemiah. Then we have the whole book of Esther, uh, which is only uh, eight chapters long. Well, excuse me, 10 chapters long. And then we get into the book of Job as well, the first chapter of Job. Okay. So we'll do our best next week to kind of recap that, uh, but uh, some a variety of readings. So Nehemiah, Esther, and then first chapter of Job. Sounds like a plan. Thanks so much for being on the program. Yeah, thank you, Gary.